This is Hacker Public Radio episode 3325 for Friday, the 30th of April 2021. Today's show is entitled, Games and Rules and is part of the series Tabletop Gaming. It is hosted by Claw2 and is about 25 minutes long and carries a clean flag. The summary is, talking about the conundrum of rules light and rules heavy game systems. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. Hacker Public Radio, my name is Klaatu, and in this game I want to talk about gaming. Actually, specifically, I want to talk about game rules, and the quantity of rules in a game. We've been playing a lot, I've been doing the uh, Hacker Public Radio RPG Club, in which we play a bunch of... Everyone's invited, by the way, if you want to ever play a tabletop role-playing game. Every month we or, or so, we swap out what system we're playing and just play a different game. Every month. Or, or four to five to six sessions, and then we swap. We, we switch systems. So it might not be exactly a month. might be a little bit over, whatever. doesn't matter. Point is, that's what we've been doing. It's been a lot of fun, and it's exposed all of us to a lot of different game systems that we may or may not have any experience with before. And it's been great for me uh, because I've been so far game mastering the, the games, and... That's been great because some of these games I've played but never game mastered, or I've only game mastered once and really want to game master again. So it's been it's been fun all around. But one of the things that it really does highlight are are the rules of a game, how how a game is kind of constructed and put together, and what makes it a game, and all of these big questions. And this isn't a question that I have come up with myself. This is a a classic question and conundrum within the tabletop role-playing community, or even, and even any tabletop game, really, is it's the question of how many rules are too many rules, or or how many aren't enough. And this applies for, for, like I say, lots of different games. You have board games that have a lot of maintenance sometimes. Like, between turns, you have to move tokens around, or shuffle decks of cards, or or you have turns that require lots of different stages, or, or whatever... It can become a lot to think about, and for some people, that really kind of kills the fun. That that kind of high maintenance makes it not really feel like a game anymore, and it feels more like work. For other people, that's like, that's the fun part. The fun part is the maintenance, is the, the moving of, of different tokens, or the removing of elements, or the shuffling of decks, or whatever it is. That's the fun part. That's the computation kind of programming your your obstacles that's why it's a game and this is true in role-playing games as well the most popular role-playing game in the world and the first one the one that started the 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 whole idea of it is dungeons and dragons and it's it's main player hand like the the book that you have to buy in order to play the game is something like 250 pages long so that's um 314 or so pages long that's that's a lot of pages, and of course, not every single page has a new rule on it. It's not it's not necessarily 314 rules to remember, but there is a there, there's a lot in here providing context about how the game is played and what happens under certain si- situations 
and what certain terms mean in context of the game and what kind of uh, abilities you can choose from and so on. So that's that's a lot of rules. You could call this a, a a fairly rules-heavy game. And of course the intent isn't for you to m- know all all of the rules when you start playing. The the idea is that you can play with basically the the one rule overriding rule which is roll a 20-sided die, adds add, add some kind of bonus to it based on on your character and if you if you hit a certain number then you succeed and if you fail to get that get that number or greater you you fail that's it that's that's the game it's it's akin to flipping a coin and choosing heads or tails except instead of flipping a coin you're rolling a die and adding some numbers to it and that's that's the main thing that you need to know once you know that you can start playing D&D and if that was the only rule that you took away from from D&D then you would have sort of created a subset of D&D that is particularly rules light because you would only have that one rule and there are games that champion themselves for being light on their rules. Now, to be fair, as I as I say this, Dungeons and Dragons and Pathfinder and Starfinder and all these other rules-heavy games, even Shadowrun. To be fair, if you condense the rules down without all of the contextual text, kind of explaining what the rule means and and maybe adding some 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 flavor to the to the game world, if you condensed it all down, you'd probably only have about five or ten pages of rules, and you can do that, and they do that. I mean, they have dungeon master screens, which are usually about, I don't know, four panels of of approximately letter-sized pages, you know, so four pages, with a bunch of rule summaries written on them so that a dungeon master can kind of prop that up on the table in front of them as they're playing the game and refer to just these quick summaries of, of the rules, and that is very useful. And it does show, I think it demonstrates, that even though we're looking at a 300-page book, if you condense it down into just the stuff, j- just the facts, into the, almost the pseudocode of that game, then it's not anywhere near 300 pages. So that's a good thing. But it's still considered a rules-heavy system, because there are other games out there that are literally distributed on one page or two pages, like front and back, and that's it. So there can be really, really rules-light games. And of course, such as the, it's the nature of, of humans, you don't really need to use any of these systems. You can, as I've already said, literally just flip a coin. If you want If you want to play a pretend storytelling game with a bunch of friends, and you decide, well, what we'll do is any time that the, the imaginary characters that we talk about together... Anytime that there's a, a conflict of interest or a a conflict of... Well, I guess that would be it. A conflict of interest, whether it's between us, the players, or our characters and some imaginary element in the world, we'll flip a coin, we'll assign a value to the heads and the tails, and we'll do whatever the coin tells us to do. So if we come up to a river and we want to cross that river, there's no bridge, we'll, we'll say if it's heads, we'll swim... If its tails will try to uh, find a route around the river by by just going heading north and looking for a bridge, and so you flip the coin and you do whatever it tells you to do. Then once you're in, if if you got heads and you're swimming, well, maybe someone has the idea that there's a um a, a, a monster in the water and it's going to attack your character. Now you need to decide uh, whether you fight back successfully or not. You flip a coin and so on. So it can be very rules light doesn't need to be a big deal. The conflict, I think, in in this question of whether you want lots of rules or 
next to no rules is, well, a couple of things. Uh, first of all, it's whether or not you like rules. Like, some people like the rules. That's the code of the game, quite literally. And, and that's the part of the game that makes the experience fun for them. I'm one of those people. I quite like rules. I, I really enjoy processing them. I enjoy seeing what happens when different situations invoke several rules, and you have to figure out what in that situation would actually sort of um, take precedence, and so on. So I, I, I enjoy that. That's part of the fun for me. Now, there's all there's also, I mean, for some people, I should say, that's not the fun part, right? That That feels like homework. It feels like labor. It is not fun. It is something that you have to work at, and it just takes away from the fun part, which is maybe chatting and laughing and having fun with your friends. So I understand why people would not like rules. Aside from rules, though, there is that element of other humans that you're playing a game with. And I'm going to call this element trust. So if you play role-playing games and tabletop games just with friends, with, like, really good friends, then you probably, maybe, let's say probably for now, you probably have a high level of trust in those friends. And I'm, I'm using trust, meaning it, it's sort of in a very broad sense. Um, you, you have trust in them that they are going to work as hard as you are working to, to both have fun and to ensure that your, that, that everyone else at the table is having fun. So that's, that's kind of the expectation among friends. We, we got together this evening to play this game and everyone here should be having as much fun as anyone else. And we're all going to try to ensure that that happens. And I'm sure that, I mean, I hope you've been in that situation before, where you're just with a bunch of trusted pals, and everyone is concerned about everyone else, making sure that everyone's having fun. If they don't like the drink that they got, you make sure that they get a drink that they like. If they don't like the game that you're playing, you make sure that the next game you play, they they really, really enjoy. They get to choose the next one. Or whatever the situation might be. What whatever it may be, there's just that sense of of trust for one another that everyone has everyone else's best interests in mind. And if you don't have that, then in theory it could be a lot less fun because now you've got people sort of almost working against each other potentially. And that's not fun. Um although that is part of a game, traditionally speaking. In a game there is that, um, well, there's a competitive spirit. There is the game, the, the game part. The game is a funny word I'm, I'm discovering because we could just say, well, we're playing a game, meaning, well, we're doing a fun activity and that's the game. We're doing a fun activity. To other people, game, that term means we are doing an activity that we find nominally, nominally fun and we are both very, very invested in who wins and who loses. And that's a very kind of, that's a different kind of game, right? I mean, there's playing a game, and then there's playing a game. Almost a, a sport, almost. So, game is a funny word. But but this this idea that, that people at the table are not only having fun, but also sort of they're being competitive, that is an important element of gameplay. Like, for it to be a game, there has to be stakes. Someone must be able to win or lose. 
And in Dungeons and Dragons and many tabletop role-playing games, well, in most, I would almost say all role-playing games, um, that there's this weird turn of events where it's a cooperative game. So you're not actually playing against the other people at the table, and some people find that very hard to understand as to why you would gather and play a game in which you're not playing against each other. You're playing together to win some sort of imaginary obstacle or to, to, to conquer some imaginary obstacle. So there's not really that sense of winning and losing in a role-playing game, although there is as well. There's there is the imaginary obstacle that you've chosen to try to defeat, but you're not being competitive towards one another. But the competitive spirit, that is, the generation of it being a game with high stakes and risks and that sort of thing, is an important element of role-playing. So I've got in my head sort of one of those triangle logic things of where you've got the three nodes and you can choose any two of them. So the nodes are rules, trust, and competition. And I think when considering whether you, I don't know, prefer or whether you would like to try or whether the game that you should take to to your friends would be rules light or rules heavy, I think that you can choose two of these things. So, for instance, if you are quite into rules, such as I am, then you're going to find yourself in a situation where you can choose to play with people that you trust, in which case you're not going to really need to force competition. you got people who you trust, and you've got a book of rules that essentially create competition, because there are a bunch of rules there. And everyone trusts one another, and so they, they, they feel confident that we're all going to make sure that this game is fun for everyone else. We don't need to impose competition according to a book, because that sense of risk and of struggle and ultimately hopefully success is going to come from the players and the game master themselves. They're going to generate the gaminess of this experience by following the rules that we've decided. So you can take your rules and you can play with people you trust and you don't have to worry so much about whether there's a, a game being generated. You just you you have that taken care of between rules and trust. On the other hand, maybe you're taking your rules-heavy system to a convention, and you're playing with complete strangers you've never met before. You don't particularly trust them. You don't know why they're here other than they want they, they say they want to play this rules-heavy game. So you can't necessarily necessarily rely on them to make this an enjoyable experience for you. You're going to have to lean on the rules and on the, the, the game system itself to ensure that there is a game there, that there is confl- enough conflict for the players to have to work at, at six, to, to, to work for their success, uh, enough competition for the game master to enjoy uh, running the game, that the monsters are going to be well-defined and they're going to have tactics described and exciting uh, abilities and things like that, so the game master isn't going to get bored or just feel like they're a, they're a machine just doling out the, the text of the game. So you have your rules and your, your, your competition, and, and you don't need the trust, because should anyone, I don't know, try to game the system and cheat, I guess gaming the system and cheating aren't necessarily the same thing. Anyway, if someone tries to cheat... It's not going to be like a problem, really, because you have the rules right there, and they're going to tell you that, no, you can't do that. And by the same token, if someone's just sitting there not really interacting, it doesn't matter because you've got everything laid out. You've got competition sort of baked into your gaming system. So that's 
That's everything descending from the rules node, I guess, in a rules-heavy system. So now let's look at what ha would happen if you got rid of that rules node. So you're, you're going to play a rules-light system, meaning that you're left with trust and competition. Meaning that in order to have an enjoyable experience, I think, this is my opinion, I guess, but um, my logic is that in order to have a fun experience with rules light, you need you need those two other no's. You need trust and competition. You need to trust the people you're playing with, that they're going to make this experience fun for you, and that you're going to make this experience fun for them, and that there's the competitive spirit present uh, to some degree. And I know that rules light, I think a lot of people who enjoy rules light, actually one of the things that they associate, I think, with rules is sort of a negative competitiveness. And so the the word competitive here is is a little bit awkward, but essentially I just mean there there once again needs to be some kind of of positive in-game conflict to make this more than a bunch of imaginary characters just sitting around their living room sleeping. Like there there needs to be something happening in the game world to make it some kind of game. Like to to there there needs to be a purpose to this scenario. And as long as you trust the people that you're playing with and someone's got a good idea of what's going to stand in the way of the of the game characters to create conflict or competition or whatever, then you'll do fine with rules because when something comes up that isn't defined in your 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 the couple of rules that you're using, then you trust each other to make honest and earnest calls that both that, that that make the game fun but possibly also ties into that that conflict again it's it's the difference between for instance saying that uh your your character has to go into an, an office and try to uncover some re recover some secret uh, classified information so your character's in there rooting around in the in the desk and a secretary returns from his lunch break outside in the outer office. Now in a rules heavy system, there'd be some there'd be some check to negotiate whether that secretary hears your character rummaging around uh, in the in the inner office. And and the the results of that die roll would determine exactly what happens next or maybe not exactly what happens next. That's what the game master would be for, but but certainly it would determine whether the secretary detects your character or not. In rules light, though, you've got people you can trust, and you've got people who are going to keep the game a game. And so rather than doing a die roll, someone, whether it's the game master or just another player, it kind of depends on what kind of system you're playing, someone decides that the secretary does hear you. Now, first of all, if you don't trust your, 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 your fellow players or your, your game master, then that seems very arbitrary and sort of like um, a little bit of a betrayal, right? I mean, why did the secretary hear me? Surely the secretary is distracted right now. There's phones ringing, and, and he just came back with his coffee. He's concentrating on his coffee like any sane person would, oblivious to the rest of the world. So obviously, in your mind, the secretary would not have heard, it, heard you. So the trust factor is important here because that means that even though the secretary heard you, you trust that your players have a good, or that your game master, somebody, has a good reason for deciding that the secretary has detected. And that good reason, according to my little triangle logic here, is the competitive spirit. And that is to, to, to make sure that there's just enough conflict to make this a fun experience. And so not only has the secretary heard you with a good group that you trust and who has a competitive spirit, not only has the secretary her has heard you, but by some unlikely chance it happens that today was the day that the uh, district manager was going to stop by and check out 
the, the operations here. So the secretary walks in, mistakes you for the district manager who is imminently going to arrive and uh, inspect the facility, hands you a coffee and is super nice to you and tries to get you to come to the, the meeting room for the important one o'clock meeting. And boy, now you're in a pickle because now you're impersonating the district manager. You still need to get that classified information back in the other office and everyone's being super nice to you and is trying to make sure that you give them high marks on their review. So that would be, for instance, a way of, I mean, that's, I probably went on with that example a little bit longer than necessary, but, but the, the idea here is that you can rely on your players, on your fellow players to make up for things that just aren't in the rules. And even, even in, in what you might think are are violations of, of of fairness things that you think are not fair um in the end it becomes totally worth it and that that's an important thing to to keep in mind i think because there is there's there's another way without this triangle of of logic um there's a way of just looking at this and and saying rules light rules heavy rules light rules heavy uh, let's do rules light because that seems really easy and rules heavy seems like homework which are, you know, is a fair call like that's totally fair if that's the way you feel or you may errantly think you might you might like rules heavy games normally but you might think well I don't have a whole lot of time to prep for this game or you know these people haven't really played a lot of role playing games so I should just choose something rules light to keep it simple. And you might think that's a, a very reasonable call to make, and it might be, but you do have to realize that if you're foregoing the rules, then you do need to have that trust and that competitive sensibility, or else things may not go as expected. People might call you out on a certain ruling or, or whatever, or you may you may find problems with the way that someone's playing the game, maybe they're... they're taking advantage of a situation or whatever. And that's that's it. That's rules light, rules heavy. I'll, I'll tell you how I, I sort of... I, I got a little bit anti-rules light for a while. I mean, I, I guess deep down I still am, to, if, I, if I'm honest. Um, but there was a, a game that I was playing with someone or with a bunch of people, and the Game Master was new to me, and he, he had this game that he was playing that was said to be rules light. And I guess it was. I mean, there are... There are there's lighter, but he, he had a, a, a fairly light system that he was playing, and I had attacked a, a monster. My character attacked a monster with a shotgun. Uh, my character, with a shotgun, had attacked a monster. The monster didn't have a shotgun. Shot it in the face or whatever, and it had apparently no effect on the monster whatsoever. Now, granted, if it's part of the lore of that world that shotguns don't hurt these monsters, I can accept that, but that wasn't the case, or if it was... There wasn't a ruling about that. And as far as I could tell, it was simply an arbitrary, is it convenient for that shotgun to have slowed down the mountain, the, the monster right now? Or is the monster going to continue doing the action that the game master wanted it to go through to, to do anyway? And there wasn't really any way to tell. I didn't know the game master enough to know whether it was simply inconvenient for a shotgun to have hit his monster at that point, or whether there was something about the world that dictated that the shotgun had no effect. And so all I really had, I was losing two nodes, right? I, I had no rules and I had no trust. So all I had was this competitive edge that I was feeling, like there's conflict right here in the game and, and this needs to be solved. I shot a gun at it and and it didn't work out. And that was pretty frustrating. So I think that rules light can be really, really fun, but it can also be very, very dangerous without those two other nodes. 
just as a rules-heavy game can be out of place sometimes in certain settings with, with the wrong people. So it depends on situational factors and preferences and things like that. Just keep in mind the, the different elements at play, because it, it's very frequently not as simple as this has too many rules or this doesn't have enough rules. There's, I guess, a, a bigger context to consider outside of those things. And as I've said already, but we'll say again here, you are invited to the Hacker Public Radio RPG Club. If you've never played a role-playing game and want to try, then you are welcome to play with us. You are at a distinct advantage, in a way, by playing with the HPR RPG Club, because we are switching out the game every month. So everyone in the group becomes a complete newbie once once every 30 days or, or thereabouts. So if you've never played, then this is a great opportunity to get in where where everyone at the table is equally as mystified as you will be. And certainly, I think um, a lot of us are very, very eager to teach and help other people discover this really fun hobby. So you are certainly, certainly welcome anytime you want. Um, subscribe to the Hacker Public mailing list for updates on when the next game is going to be. It's a fairly low-traffic mailing list, and I just post my notifications there for now. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website, or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.